Welcome to Tabletop Journal's Seat Yourself podcast series on the hospitality tabletop industry. Now, here's your host, Dave Turner. Hi, everyone. I'm Dave Turner. I'm your host here at Seat Yourself, and we are back after a couple-week break, and I want to thank you for your patience. And before you jump on me for not giving you a heads up on our taking a vacation, our break was not a vacation, but an unexpected opportunity to review the local healthcare system here in the Baltimore, Washington region, all in a non-COVID situation. So before you get nervous, all is good, not to worry. And by the way, big props to the team at the University of Maryland, Baltimore, Washington Medical Center. You guys rocked. You were awesome. And now back to the business at hand. Once again, we're back in Studio B of the Tabletop Journal Studios with another episode of our new series called The Creative Spectrum. And by the way, this is episode number 85 of Seat Yourself, and it's published in the week of July 27th, 2020. And this episode, it's going to run approximately 40 minutes. And as regular listeners know now, in our new series, The Creative Spectrum, we're bringing you conversations from all across the creative spectrum, conversations with these people whose lives and passions are built around the idea of bringing design, creativity, bringing it forward in a way that positively influences, impacts, and inspires each of us on an everyday basis. And in this episode of The Creative Spectrum, I could not be more excited to sit with another very talented and a very creative Jason Wange from Calmel Products. Jason has recently started a new position as Senior Director of Sales for the Western Regions for Calmel. And you may be wondering why in a series called The Creative Spectrum, we would bring on a regional sales manager to this podcast. Well, let me just say that Jason is one of the most interesting, and I'm using air quotes and you can't see them, the most interesting people in all of food service, particularly during these COVID times. Beyond his success as a food service sales professional, Jason is helping the food service community in a very different way. And I'll let him explain it all as he can do it far better than I can. But don't worry, we're going to get into Jason's relationship with the Cal Mill, their products, and more. We'll get into all that just as well. So stay tuned here. So with all of that, please help me welcome to Seat Yourself and our new series, The Creative Spectrum, the very talented and the fascinating Jason Wange. And everybody... Welcome back to Seat Yourself, and I want to welcome Jason Wange to our story here today. And Jason is a phenomenal guy. And by the way, before we really get to you, Jason, I want to tell everybody, I love you on so many different levels. And I got to tell you, you're an interesting, and I'm using air quotes that our audience can't see right now, but I'm I'm using air quotes to show how interesting you really are. And when I say it on a couple of levels, we're going to touch on a couple of those today. So Welcome, Jason Wange, to Seat Yourself and our new series, The Creative Spectrum. Tell us a little bit about who Jason is and let it go from there. Dave, thanks for having me. It's been so fun to get to know you through this. One of the things that's cool, I guess, I mean, you're always looking for hopeful parts in any situation has been certainly the people that you get to meet and connect with that you wouldn't have Otherwise, and that has been 100% true in my story during, you know, from middle of March to now is some of the people you've been a highlight, your energy, your enthusiasm. I love it. I feed off it. It's been great for me. My, yeah, my story or some of my background, I started my career at a college. I graduated 2000 in Boulder, Colorado, 
and became a history teacher. So my undergrad was in education history. And then I went and got my master's in education in curriculum and instruction. And really that's been a guiding part of my sales history as well. I taught for eight years, high school, middle school, social studies. And then I taught teachers. I was an instructional coach. And then my father had a manufacturer's rep business and I decided I wanted to try something new. I had enough tenure that I could take a year of leave. And then if I didn't like being a rep, I could go back and get my job back. So I decided to join my dad for a year as a rep in Denver, loved it. And I never looked back. And, you know, frankly, I've spent the last 12 years in food service and a big part of it really has been teaching. I use that background all the stinking time. I mean, so much of what we do is we're teaching, whether it's, you know, whether it's on a product or a trade or communication, whatever we're doing, teaching is such a huge part of what I do. I think that teaching is one of those professions that is so close to selling. It's unbelievable. I also think theater is another one, acting and and all that, where you're very demonstrative and you're trying to sell a story in the theater in my in my head. Anyway, I've never done theater. It's one of those things where I, I should have probably done at some point, but I didn't. And maybe this is theater, who knows? But the point really is, is that teaching with the platform skills you develop to stand up in front of a crowd, your, your classroom, and convince them to learn, teach them how to be curious people. I think those same skill sets really, really apply to the sales and marketing end of this business. So no wonder you're so good. Well, I don't know about that, but I agree with you 100%. Teaching is such a fun part of of anything I do. And frankly, half of it's teaching myself and being willing to learn and offering that freedom to customers or factories, whatever it is to say, listen, it's okay to always be learning. You know, some people have a, a mental block to want to learn always because they think it presents a lack. It demonstrates a lack of what they don't have. And you can look at it two ways, but no, gosh, always learning, always growing. And here's ways that you can speak to yourself, think about things so that you're more open to that. I think that in the times where I felt like I was teaching, where I've been speaking in front of a a sales team or been up on a stage and and, and been fortunate enough to be asked to uh, convey a message of some sort to an audience, oftentimes in doing those, particularly during the preparation stages, I learn how much I don't already know. And it makes me more curious to learn more in that area. And so uh, I think teachers are really uh, special people. And I, I think that salespeople are special people too, because if you think of yourself as a teacher, you're teaching about products, about brand stories. I'm, I love brands, as we know. But, you know, it's just really great to have you here. And there's so many things I want to talk to you about. There's a couple that I really want to focus in on. And the first one, though, is your new platform called the Food Service Power Plant Network. Tell us about what that is, how you started it, why you started it, and where is that thing going and what are you trying to achieve? It's really awesome, people. If you haven't checked it out, Jason's going to tell us where to find it, but tell everybody what it is first. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, the the Food Service Power Plant Network came out of, uh, it was born out of the beginning of this COVID thing we're all going through. I was transitioning in my career. I had been a manufacturer's rep based in Denver for the last 12 years. And I'd been a managing partner for the last eight. I decided very much pre-COVID to make a change in my life. My family's had some health stuff and I needed to really find ways to be more present and to try something new in my professional career to be more present at home. And so I'd had this planned leave on March 20th. COVID kind of hit the week before, at least for us, that's when things got real. And so I found myself 
instead of taking a three-week vacation, I was planning to go join Cowmill right away, middle of April. I was going to take a few-week vacation. I was going to join a manufacturer. Cowmill is a company that I know we're going to talk about them later, but that I'd represented for 12 years. I knew very well, and I was going to go join them. And then COVID hit. My vacation was sort of stalled. We weren't flying to Florida for spring break anymore, and I wasn't going to Phoenix to play golf with my dad anymore. So, And with everything going on in April with COVID and things kind of shutting down, we, you know, Kamal and I both agreed, let's just hold off a little bit. Let's see what happens in the industry and in the world. And there was this space and time where I had well, kind of nothing to do from a career standpoint. And I don't do well sitting, frankly. And I looked at the world around me and my history in my 20s was spent with about nine or 10 years of fairly significant depression, anxiety, and some challenges just feeling okay, feeling like I could rise above whatever waters I was wading in at that time. And I looked at the environment around me. I had nothing but time on my hands all of a sudden. And I recognized there might be about to be a lot of people having a tough time because this is unfamiliar and COVID and whatever's going to happen to people's jobs and careers and eating out and connection and isolation. So many things that were unfamiliar. And when you get things that are unfamiliar, the word we often use for that is hard. Things become hard. And I recognize there probably be a lot of people struggling and not necessarily know some of the substantive things they could do to rise above the water. And, you know, I had spent through my time, talk about learning, Dave, you get, you get handed what you get handed and you can either lay down and take it and, and you just hope to wait it out or, or you can try to rise above it and you can try to swim faster or swim better with, I don't know why we're doing the swim analogy, but it works great. So I had spent through those times in my life when that were particularly difficult, you know, some particularly challenging, fairly dark days back in my, you know, a lot of my twenties, I had learned all these tools. I wasn't just going to sit there. It's just not me. I needed to find a way to study and think. And there were people that were thriving that had the same challenges I did, but were doing way better. So I spent the last 11 years studying positive psychology, positive mindset tools, anything and everything that can lift someone up, that can put them in a better state of mind, that can give them more hope. And it was a time, you know, mid-March when I saw all this going on, I decided to put out my first video. I've never done a video that I've put out to the world. And the first one was on laughter because laughter is one of those things that, you know, releases serotonin in the brain. It really changes your state. If you have a challenge and you go into it in a bum state versus a state after you've just watched, you know, an episode of The Office or something that you think is funny, you're going to see it from a more hopeful perspective. So the first video that I did was on laughter because it's something we can all relate to. We all know how to laugh. Almost all of us love laughing, but I don't think most people recognize the power that it really has. And so just started doing videos and that's how Food Service Power Plant Network was born. That's unbelievable. I applaud you because I love people that show courage. And this new series that we started on Seat Yourself is called The Creative Spectrum. And one of the reasons I wanted to have you involved in this, particularly at this point in time in our trajectory, is that with The Creative Spectrum, we've had creative people from all walks of life already on there. We've had ceramic designers. We've had interior designers. We've had industrial designers. And what you're designing for people or helping them design is a new way of thinking, a new way of life. Your, your creativity is really coming out, but you have to be brave to do that. Doing videos to your peer group within the food, food service business is a pretty armored up kind of group. So you have to be very brave with that too. So you're teaching them also by example, 
how to be brave. So I love that about you. Tell me what some of the reactions you've received and is any of those any of those reactions you've received so far have any of them surprised you? Yeah, I guess you know you. I didn't know what the reaction would be when I started doing just in the corner. Isn't that great office. when you go when you step into the unknown? Isn't that great? Oh my gosh, Dave! I was <laughs> terrified. I'm like, I don't know yeah. if I am about to be. But people won't see that from you, Jason, because you look like a great guy. Who walks with a lot of swagger and a lot of self confidence, and nobody would ever feel that like you were terrified. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I was thinking. I think the world needs this right now. I think our industry needs something positive and hopeful, and some tools and community. Agreed. But they're not topics that I talk about super freely in general, certainly not forward fra- facing. You know, I try to engage everyone I meet and hope to lift them up a little bit, but that's sort of behind the scenes. That's just my own personal mission. But I've never come out and said, hey, people, here's something I think we might need. And so it was a scary moment. And I was sort of overwhelmed by the response, people being thankful to do it. And I guess that often happens, right? You, you try something you're afraid of and people were, were happy. And you know, I would say the response has been overwhelmingly great from a personal perspective. Contribution is one of those things. You know, talk about positive mindset tools. Anyone who's struggling, find some, find a way to contribute, undeniably. Find someone you can call who you can lift up, who you can speak some life into, you know, volunteer, whatever that is. And this is a, a little way that I guess I get to contribute in the people reaching out and the stories I hear. I mean, I get people texting me saying, hey, you got time to talk later this week? And they'll come on and we'll just talk for an hour and they just want to go and I'm happy to listen or to, to offer something or, you know, someone came out and said, Jason, like, I know this was, you know, you're, you're a positive guy and we've known that about you, but I'm also kind of Dave, sort of a listener. Like I'm sort of a quiet guy in the room and I'll listen, takes me a while to process. And then I'll come back to you on the side and be like, Dave, here's what I thought about that as opposed to forward facing and jumping on stage and someone called and said, I didn't see this coming from you, not from a heart perspective or a knowledge perspective, but of just putting it all out there. There, A few weeks ago, you saw this, you know, there was a connection that took their life through my world. And that caused me to, and I recognize that. I think the first part of COVID is some level of shock. And the longer it goes on, if people aren't finding, you know, their sea legs, if you will, and regaining some sense of balance and of purpose, I recognize that it can get a little harder, that isolation can wear on. And so I ended up sharing my my real fairly personal, vulnerable story of my mental health story back in my 20s. And, you know, some of the brutal details of what it looked like and how we rose up, that was the one I was most scared of. But the responses from people just saying, thanks. I had someone text me the day of probably three hours before and say, I'm really excited you're going to do this. There's some stuff in my past that was kind of dark and hard, and it's been coming up recently. And not a person I ever would have expected it from, right? So often there are people in our world and in food service and a community, we see them like you talk, we see them the armored up, we see them at the NRA show, we see them at NAF and we see them wherever, and they look good and they got stripes and their tie is nice. And you never, you never in a million years recognize or think that the personal story they hold, what levels of challenge they've gone through. And I feel really fortunate and lucky to get to share in some people's stories in a unique way that I wouldn't have gotten to otherwise. Yeah, it's an amazing world right now. And everybody's raw, but it's hard to admit that you're raw and hurting. And I think that you can be sure we're not in the same sort of uh, exactly the same place that Food Service Power Plant Network is. But you can be sure that for everyone that calls you or lets you know that they're hurting. 
there's 20 or 30 or 40 more out there listening that you're helping that aren't acknowledging that. Because I think for, for all of us, it, it, it's pretty hard to admit that you're down or you've sort of lost your way a little bit, lost your sea legs as you, and I always talk about swagger. And I always, I always admired people that went through trade shows with lots of swagger. And, and I don't mean arrogance, but I mean confidence. And as you say, they were dressed nicer than me. They were walking nicer than me. They were talking nicer than me. But it's hard sometimes to choose to be comfortable in your own skin. And I think particularly when so many of the people that we love and, and, and know in this business have lost their identity, their identity as a vice president of this or president of that, or, or maybe just they lost their identity in, in just in general as a food service professional. And right now we swim in the permanent tabletop pool and that's been particularly hard hit. And it's going to be that way for a while. We we've said that on all our podcasts, including our other podcasts, which more and more people are finding called every other Thursday. But I want people to understand it's okay. What you're doing is really, really fabulous with the Food Service Power Plant Network, and I want people to check it out. Where can they find that? Right now, we're on Facebook. So go to, I guess you go to Facebook and go Food Service Power Plant Network. I'm working on a website for people who aren't on Facebook. I get that there are a lot of people that are on that where someone can go and they can find tools and ideas and principles that they can implement in their lives, you know, stuff that works, biohacking stuff, whatever it is, to rise above some of the challenges. Last question on all this. When you've been doing this food service power plant network, are there silver linings you ask people to or advise people to sort of look for? Are there silver linings in this COVID situation that you ask people to look for? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's always opportunity to find good. And while good isn't the only thing coming from this. Certainly there's a lot of hard stuff coming from this. And, you know, being positive, being a power plant isn't putting your head in the sand and ignoring the challenges and some of the trauma around us. We're all going through really hard things and being positive doesn't, doesn't disregard that. There's a lot of really hard, but there's also good if you look for it. Sometimes it's just easier to find, you know, you have a big win and you're like, oh, things are good. Well, if it's a tough day and you were grinding it out and there wasn't a, a big win. Well, there can still be good you can find. And, you know, that's a part of increasing confidence. You know, one of the things, if you're feeling, if confidence is waning or struggling, go back in your story and find moments that felt like a win. Write them on your whiteboard behind you. Bring them in, you know, have a note card in the morning. You remember five big wins in the last year, because that'll actually put you in a better state of mind to look for and accomplish those wins. And, you know, some of the silver linings, certainly connection, well, depending on how you look at it, it's a time of isolation. I'm not seeing people as intimately as I used to, right? And that's challenging and that's hard, but I'm also connecting with people in new ways that I never have, whether it's through Zoom calls. I've done more, you know, family Zoom calls in the last, you know, three months than I ever had in my life. And so with people on the East Coast, so there's that connection or certainly time home with my family. That's something that I've longed for for the last 12 years. And I didn't anticipate it coming this way, but you know what? We're taking advantage of it. We're doing lots of game nights or movies or more dinners together than we've ever done. So sometimes you have to be more intentional in challenging times to find them, but there are always opportunities to find good. There are always opportunities to see what is life-giving, even in the midst of challenge. I love 
hearing you you say all those things because we've talked a couple of times or maybe even more than a couple of times on see yourself about self-care and self-compassion and i think right now those two things are are really really important that we treat ourselves well we think of ourselves well it's easy to get down on yourself and i think what you're doing with the food service power plant network is a reinforcer of self-compassion and self-care and i think it's awfully hard to be good to others if we can't be good to ourselves so congratulations to you on all the success that you're having with the food service power plant network and one more time can you tell our listeners where they can find it Yep. On Facebook, go search for the Food Service Power Plant Network. It's a community of food service professionals anywhere in the world. It doesn't matter the role that you hold in the industry, but if you're connected to food service in any capacity, come on in, learn some tools, have some fun, and get connected to a community. Community is one of the biggest parts of thriving in this, is having people that can support you in it, that can encourage you in it. And so we're all doing it together. So come join us on Facebook. That's awesome. That's awesome. Jason, As much as I love the Food Service Power Plant Network, and I love you talking about it because it's great for our listeners, I want to get into the food service business and where we are, and we're going to do that right after we come back from this message. Stay with us. We'll be right back with more from Jason Wange, and we're going to talk about his food service experience and this sexy, cool new company that he's hooked up with. I want to hear a lot more about that. So we'll be right back with more from Jason Wange. This episode of Seat Yourself is sponsored in part by the Edward Don and Company. Everything but the food for nearly a hundred years. And if you have not yet signed up for Tabletop Journal's bi-monthly newsletter, now would be a great time to do so. Go to tabletopjournalnewsletter.com. It's a quick and easy sign up and a great way to stay on top of all the important going-ons in the world of hospitality tabletop. That's tabletopjournalnewsletter.com. Now, back to our podcast. Hey, everybody. We're back here with the fabulous Jason Wange. And during the break, while you listen to a great commercial, I want you to know that I just had a cool conversation with Jason. I told him to stop right there because I didn't really want to continue it on. I wanted you all to hear it as well. And that conversation was, why a power plan? Does Dave Turner really know what why Jason chose the word power plant to it. Jason, you can explain it better than me, but I wasn't too far from where you were. And I want others to know exactly why you call it the food service power plant network. Yeah, you you got it. And Dave, I mean, everyone's got their own perception and that's great. Whatever it is, if it's life-giving, I'm, I'm into it. The idea of a power plant came from actually a conference I did. You know, I, I've sort of been a habitual study or positive mindset for the last over a decade. And one of the conferences I went to years ago was a guy named Brendan Burchard who talked about being a power plant. He goes, go be a power plant. He goes, most people think power plants are just things that have energy, but actually they're, they're tools, they're things that generate energy, they create energy. So the food service power plant network, we're certainly all connected through food service, but in being a power plant now more than ever, it's a power plant is something that knows what feeds it, knows what it fuel is, right? And then it creates energy, it generates energy inside, and that energy fills up and then it goes out. It goes out to whether it's to light a town, maybe it's to light my house. And so for all of us, I I think part of the hope is 
some of us rise and fall with the tides around us, right? But right now, more than ever, we need to be our own power plants where we recognize what lifts us up, what fuels us, what brings us joy, what gives us hope and confidence. Let that rise up. And when we feed on those things, we chew on all that. We let the energy build. We create it inside. And then we let it go. It doesn't, it only is best served and you can only enjoy the energy inside most when you're sharing it somehow with others. You know, I don't believe in a full life without some level of caring for others, of contribution, of ways of giving back. And so that's the whole cycle of a power plan is learning how to feed yourself, do it, and then let it go and, and spread it out to others. Yeah, I think that spreading it out to others is really a real key component. And I'm really excited about it. I'm glad that we had that brief conversation during the break. But listen, what I really want to get into now, I know you're an experienced food service professional and you've been doing this for a while. I can't have this interview with Jason Wage and not ask his take on the current state of the industry, but I'm frankly not so interested in how it is today, but more importantly, where you think it might be going. Food service industry, where's it going? I think it's always changing, always, even from today to tomorrow. I don't think you can look at it and say that it's been the same ever any more than you can each of us as individuals. But I think I think there are a lot of things that have come through this that if people started to value that they might have valued before, but not recognize it as much, whether it's the sense of connection, whether it's the sense of what food service really does. My own perception, it's not about the food. You know, it's about the creative. It's it's watching a plate come out to you, looking at that thing and having goosebumps come up in your arms like, whoa, someone went through all the effort and the thought to create this beautiful piece that's sitting in front of me. And oh, by the way, I'm doing it with you, Dave. You're on the other side of the table. And you know what? We're going to have a conversation and we're going to connect and we're going to dream and we're going to do it together. Or the person that brings us the food and the smiles, sometimes it's just a smile. Sometimes it's just a look, but the ways you connect with them are the ways that any of the professional servers bringing food, they affect us. They have an effect on our meal. I mean, I think connection will be, I think it has to be a top thing that comes out of this, recognizing the power of food service to connect people and through connection to create and lift up. I have to think it. We've been doing it for years, but I don't think we recognized how important it was or the need until we found ourselves in a, in a connection vacuum of sorts where we couldn't go out. I mean, I, I said, I don't know, a while ago, I think food service, I think going out to a restaurant eating is like, it's cheap therapy. You know, you and I go out, we talk, we share a meal, we connect, we get grounded. And oftentimes we're, we might be hashing out life things that, that you would do otherwise. So I, I think that will be one of the biggest things. And, and in terms of tabletop, maybe there's ways to design and create tabletop pieces that create greater ability to connect. I don't know. Maybe it's whether it was family style, I thought I really enjoyed family style going to restaurants where you all, you had a bunch of people around a table and you shared. Now, I don't know in COVID how, what happens with that. I don't know. Maybe everyone's got their own spoon, but things like that, I think will be a big part of what's to come in the industry. The ability to connect and lift up and, and recognize food service for what it really is. Yeah, we continue to say that people are hardwired for connection. Human beings are hardwired for connection. I don't believe that's going to end anytime soon. So we're going to all find a way. And I suspect most of our listeners, include, and probably most of your listeners on the Food Service Power Plant Network, they've all found their own personal ways to keep connecting 
during COVID, whether it's Zoom calls, whether it's fire pits in a cul-de-sac like we do here and all that, socially distanced, of course. But the point is, is that connection is really key and people are not going out to dinner or to, to meals and restaurants for sustenance. If you think about it, the greatest times in all our lives are around a table with food and beverage with people we know and love. So family and friends. So that's great. I also want to get into this company called Cal Mill. Now, I'll be fair, full disclosure here, we haven't covered on Tabletop Journal, we haven't covered Cal Mill probably as well as we would in the future. So this is a flag up to whoever in the marketing department at Cal Mill, please bury us in information. And we want to cover you because we know you're sexy. We know you're cool. We thought we were straight line tabletop way back in the early days. Now tabletop is becoming blurred with buffet, which is becoming blurred with breakfast serving. <laughs> becoming and So please, if you give up on Tabletop Journal is providing you editorial coverage, send us some stuff. We love you guys. But I want to hear it from an insider's perspective, particularly a new employee. I love new employees at companies and talking to them. You're fresh eyes inside CalMilt. Now, admittedly, you had some inside knowledge or whatever because you probably rep them before. But why CalMill and a guy who's as, let me say, thoughtful as Jason Wayne's why did you select Cal Mill and why did Cal Mill select you and why are you so thrilled to be starting with them? Oh, Dave, great question. I am so grateful. Yeah, I've known Cal Mill for 12 years. Actually, before I even came into repping, I was still a teacher. It was May and Cal Mill had hired my dad's company to represent them. And he said, hey, I need you to take a day off, get a substitute. You're going to come in and learn this new line. This guy's going to be in town. Come in and you're going to learn it. And then it was a couple more weeks I kept teaching and then I eventually you know, jumped in full board. But it was, I had been able to create at my old company, Desert Peak Threat Firm in Denver, the culture that we wanted, a family culture, a progressive, a creative, an open and non-judgmental, a way more curious culture. And it was great. And now that I was transitioning careers for other reasons, I wanted to find the same thing in a company I went to work for. Camel is a family owned. I'm a big family guy. I love family owned. I love connecting with people within company where it, it feels like I'm swimming with the current. They're wise in that they've got, there's people with legacy wisdom at our company, at CalMill, and there's also a ton of youthful enthusiasm. And I think companies that mix both are, are healthiest. You know, you've got people that have seen all sides of this thing, and they've been in the industry for 30 years, and they can bring that perspective and what we've gone through and trends in the industry. And then you've got a lot of young people with creativity and thinking outside the box. And well, has any, has the industry ever tried this? Let's do that. So there's a hipness. There really is a coolness to Cal Mill. They're out of Southern California and you know, the family down there, they're just kind of cool people. So even the music that's played and a lot of the videos they've done and the way they film things, it's just kind of cool. And so I think it mixes both. There's a, they're also just a company that talk about approaching situations and people in the industry with curiosity before judgment. Like you talked about earlier, self-care and self-compassion is being curious with yourself as opposed to judging yourself. They do the same thing. There's a there's not a fear there that you can say the wrong thing. I don't know if that makes sense. And I've only learned that after being on the inside now for a little bit. Well, let, let me interrupt you for a second here. Most companies, not a lot of companies, when you talk about a fear there, there's a fear to develop the wrong product or make a misstep, or maybe it's that fear is driven by financial resources or lack of them. But I find that the people that typically seem to me to be the most successful are the people that go about it doing the right thing, all in on the right thing. And obviously, 
they're not a hundred percent correct. New pro I want to talk about new products in a minute from CalMill, but new product development is one of those risks that a company seem to have a fear of taking because they're afraid to make the wrong move. And I think the companies that are fearless in regard to product development, meaning that they are attempting to create the right product, not just sell stuff, but create the right products. They're the ones who seemingly feel most comfortable in their own skin. I'm talking about company personas now, not individuals. And they also lo and behold, become the most successful, I believe. Where's CalMill following all that? Oh my gosh, I love how they do it. CalMill has a, she's called their trendologist. And- Wait a second, say that again? Trendologist. So they have a woman based in, I think she's in Santa Barbara, who studies- trend- Of course she is in Santa Barbara. Right, no kidding, right? I always tell people, if you if you live a great life and you're nice to people all up and down the line, and at the end of your life when you die, you go to Santa Barbara. <laughs> It's so beautiful there. I, I think that's where she's based out of. She studies this stuff. Cowmill is not afraid to look at, recognize, and you know, call their shot on what's going to go well and be received well by the industry. And so every year they put out a couple new, they have what they call collections. So thematically amongst all the different parts, you know, all the different pieces of their brand, they'll find a collection and they do, I don't know, three to five a year that are independent, that are different, that are unique. Sometimes they build off collections prior. Maybe it's a different color if gray is new, you know, or whatever it is. But so there is no fear there and they go for it. They go big. I think last year they came out with 200 new products. So I love the lack of fear and the ability to try new things. And if it doesn't take off, it doesn't take off, but they're willing to try it. And they're willing to invest in, in someone who can see it and develop it appropriately. And it's definitely to your point, it's definitely not a, we're here to sell. It's a, we think this is going to help your brand, you know, whether it's a hotel or a restaurant, we think this is going to give you the feel that you want your end user to have when they walk in your establishment. And it'll be both functional, but also uh, style and that emotional component. And, and they're not afraid to do it. That's great. That word fearless, it's sometimes not used enough. And it's not used enough in terms of, uh, we think of it as a as an individual term, but I think it needs to apply to companies as well. And companies take on personas. And, and we talk a lot on Seat Yourself about brand image and brand voice. And brand voice doesn't mean just being loud and noisy. It means being respectful, being confident, and having the voice your brand should have the appropriate one. I always tell people that three things build strong brands. And the first one is authenticity. And if you're not authentic, it's hard to build your brand at all. And it sounds like the people at Mill are really developing products in a company reflecting who they are as well, the leadership. Yeah. Authentic is a great word. The Callahan family and Johnny Callahan and Josh Callahan and the family and everybody there. I mean, authentic is the best, one of the best words you could use for them. There isn't an error there isn't a bravado. What you see really is what you get. That was a part of why I wanted to be there. I wanted, there's a vibe they put out, which is cool and authentic, but it's also the exact same vibe that I get to experience now being inside the company and working and collaborating and dreaming together. So you're right. So you interviewed them for a long time, I guess, huh? Before, <laughs> you, before you did take, bring your services over there. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, without knowing it, I guess we were interviewing each other. I guess when you build relationships over that long, I, I suppose everything's a little bit of an interview and you know, figuring out who you've got on the other end. And it was undeniably the right choice. Great. That's great to hear. You know what? It's wonderful. We talked about not long ago on Seat Yourself, talked about self-care and second chances. 
And what I meant by second chances is right now with a reset going on in our industry, it's a great time for people to find that career that they always wanted to have. And I'm thinking that that's where you might be personally right now with the folks at Cal Mill after hearing your uh, responses there. Let's get on to some of the great products, new products, new categories, whatever that you think. Don't disclose any secret formulas to Coca-Cola or anything here. But what can you tell us about where Cal Mill's going with products, categories, and all that? Yeah, I think they're figuring it out right now. You know, COVID's changed things a little bit. I think normally a lot of that- A little bit. Right, right. Yeah, a lot. I, I think a lot of that- for so many reasons, because they had three new collections that they introduced at the beginning of this year that that never really got the legs to take off because COVID. Yep. And so we're figuring out, and NRA is usually a huge part of that, right? The launching and everybody seeing it in person and, and none of that happened. So I think they're trying to figure out you know, how we handle those collections. Certainly there's a whole new category in terms of health and safety. Camel's done a great job, I, don't know, I mean, pivoting to some degree, but they took their core competencies right? They're great in plastics and glass and wood, wire, metal. And they, instead of going totally outside the box and products they've never even ventured in, they said, how do we take what we do well and solve the challenges of the day? And they've created, I don't know, 60 or 70 new products since this all began that have been really helpful to customers and dealers to say, listen, here's solution oriented products that your end users need. And I, I think the reception has been overwhelmingly positive. So they've stayed within their core competency to create new, to adjust and create very quickly. And then I think we're thinking as well, depending on what 2021 looks like, you don't want to create, you know, three or four new collections. And if there's still some challenge and sluggish, or if we're not traveling. So I think we're thinking through all that stuff right now to figure out what's, what is appropriate. You know, right now is a time where organizations are distributor partners, our end user partners, they're hoping for that sense of appropriateness right now. And maybe coming out with five brand new different collections isn't the most timely. Maybe it's figuring out how we relaunch some of what we did, have a few new things that are relevant and appropriate to the time and, and do that. So we're going through that, but you can always expect how many be putting out new things that the market desires. Yeah, I think right now, manufacturers of all types, non-food people in the food service world are all looking at, uh, or they should be anyway, looking at all of their SKU assortments and trying to determine which ones are still relevant post-COVID or as we come out of COVID and try to bring relevant products out that, as you said earlier, will help operators not only get back into business, but make their business thrive over the long haul. And I think it's really important. And it sounds like CalMill is going through that same very, very same process. Although I'm guessing with the CalMill line, they're a little bit further down the road than most companies because they've been there already. They're in a lot of that area already that not specifically safety and all that, but their products always have been very front facing to the to the guests in the hospitality situations. Yeah, absolutely. And they I mean, thankfully, you know, in terms of barrier shields, sneeze guards, Cowmill has already done that. That's been a part of their catalog for years and years. So that wasn't a stretch for them. They were already in that world. They just said, okay, how do we make it more effective? Or now if it's going in front of a POS station, all right, how do we do that as opposed to over a buffet? You know, we were we were used to the buffet. So how do we solve for that? And so, yeah, a lot of what they've done, they've been in, it's just, it's just turning the boat just a little bit right now to, to meet the needs of the day. Okay. One more time. Give me the Cow Mill website where people can go, our listeners can go and find out about all these cool products. www.calmill.com. That's C-A-L-M as in Mary, I-L. 
and go check out camel.com. It's it's a fun place. There's tons of colors. It's bright. It's intuitive. And yeah, it's a great place to go check out. Awesome. Awesome. Listen, Jason, it's been fabulous to be with you here today. I, I really enjoyed it. I knew this was going to be one of the best podcasts we did all year. And it certainly to me has turned out that way. I want to tell everybody to check out Jason's Food Service Power Plant Network on Facebook. Correct. On Facebook. You won't be sorry, but hey, leave the armor at home because it's all about being real and authentic on a personal level. And it isn't selling cow mill. It isn't selling anything other than self-care, self-compassion, and help for anybody who may need it. So Jason Wange, wonderful being with you here today. I really appreciate your time. Now, we record these on early on Monday morning. I would normally tell people to go out and have a fantastic Monday but you don't need it. I suspect that you're going to have a great Monday and a great rest of your week. So thank you very much for joining us. Dave, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. That concludes this week's episode of Tabletop Journal's Seat Yourself podcast series. For more news, information, and insights on the hospitality tabletop industry, please be sure to check out www.tabletopjournal.com.